0: And welcome back, everybody, to Double Down with Breslow, where we cover everything in the business of sports betting. And these days, all of the buzz is about sports micro betting. So we have an expert in the field of micro betting, perhaps one of the leaders in the industry, uh, Tomasz Devineshek. He's the CEO and founder of Kiro Gaming. Tomasz, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I, and I didn't butcher your last name too badly. It was good. It was good. <laughs> Coming to us from beautiful Miami, Florida. Uh, we see the uh, the sun and the ocean in the background by way of Kazakhstan, Canada, California, and ultimately in Miami. Quite, quite a story. Why don't you just kind of tie it together for everybody, uh, how you wound up in Miami and how you wound up running Kiro Gaming.
1: Um, so I immigrated to Canada at the age of 16 from Israel. I um, have always been a massive soccer fan and uh, in my professional career after university have been a CTO, had a product for various large scale social entertainment gamification companies. So have accumulated a lot of know-how and a lot of uh, understanding of the uh, audience that consumes entertainment and my personal pet peeve with sports betting was that it wasn't then and it still is nowhere near being an entertainment product. You know, most uh, CEOs of sports books would tell you that they're in the entertainment business, but I think the product itself is actually anything but entertainment. So what I wanted to do was bring some of the uh, principles and some of the common denominators in the mainstream digital entertainment uh, landscape to sports betting.
0: All right. Hold on a second. I got to push back there because I found I find sports to be entertaining and I find betting on sports to be entertaining. Uh, now, I'm a bit older, so I'm probably more old school as far as, you know, I'm not on TikTok. So maybe that's my my problem. You're not trying to appeal to me. But what I always explain to people is that these I frankly, I don't really enjoy watching a game anymore unless I have some personal action on it so if i'm watching a game i make sure i have action on it if if there's a game that's on and i don't have action on it unlike i'm going to be real excited about it. but as soon as i put 50 bucks on a game 100 bucks on a game now it's interesting to me i'm not telling you that i'm riveted to my television set but i'm way more focused and i find it entertaining so what's wrong with that
1: yeah well let's unpack it a little bit betting on sports is entertaining um so let's Try and dig into your use case a little bit more. So, do you bet kind of the over/under money line? What is it that? What kind of bet would you make that would make? So, I,
0: I, 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 eighty percent of the time, I simply bet the side. What I find is, if I bet the total, also I end up rooting against myself. You know, when the other team scores, and I don't enjoy that. So, my my typical bet is simply on who's going to win the game or cover the spread. That being said, I will say that oftentimes I will also place a bet maybe on like the first quarter or at halftime, I might place an, a, an additional bet, but go ahead.
1: So you place a bet and then you watch the game and the game is more entertaining for you. Correct.
0: Right. Now
1: during that game, are you just glued to the TV or you're on your phone still?
0: Um, no, I'm definitely not glued to the TV <laughs> and, and, and my phone is half of my brain now. So of course that's, Connect, that's within five feet of me.
1: And most likely, while you're watching that game and are on your phone, at least sometimes you're doing something related to that game. Maybe it's talking to somebody else about the touchdown or something else. So you are in some way your second screening, right? And that's everybody, Everyone second screens. Now, your bet is already placed and it's done, right? And so, if you think about it, there are a lot more people like you who are passionate fans who would like to bet on sports, but it's just too task intensive, right? It's it's too complicated. If you open up a sports book app, you are presented with dozens or hundreds of different market types and different categories that you have to scroll through and analyze the odds, calculate probabilities in your head. And, and that's what I mean by it's not entertainment. It is a very much cognitively intensive process to be able to bet on that. So what you did was you chose an easy bet. You chose a side. It's going to make it more entertaining for you. And then you've shut off that sports book app and gone on to do something else that is some form of a second screen. So what we do from a B2B perspective, we're a supplier is build a bunch of algorithms that ingest in real time the play-by-play data for, for all games and try to extrapolate what is actually meaningful and exciting for people to be betting on right now and then recommend that particular bet to you with the odds and everything else layered on top of that, right? So that the process no longer is one of you scrolling through hundreds of different markets trying to find something that might interest you, but rather it being elevated and brought to you so that the action or the, the the cognitive task is actually just a binary decision. Do I like this better or do I not? And if you, this is what I meant earlier, if you analyze how TikTok or Twitter or, or Instagram work, that's exactly what they do. They curate the most engaging content to you at all times. And the only effort required is just swiping your thumb to get to the next thing. And so that's really the problem that we're trying to solve is how do you fuse entertainment principles with sports betting to bring forward a solution that is a lot more similar to what consumers today expect.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, and, you know, micro betting, most people who watch the show know, but that, you know, it's essentially in-game betting, right, on essentially the next play or something that's about to happen. And, there's there's a couple major elements to that as far as putting it together. One is setting the odds for what that's going to be, what, what's the proper line for whether there's going to be a strikeout or not, and having to come up with that very quickly, right? So there's companies that provide that, and I don't know if that's one of the things you do or, or not, but, but the other side of it that you're explaining is what what is being offered to the player, right? make sure that you're offering something that's exciting to somebody or interesting to somebody that they would actually want to bet on because betting, whether there's going to be a foul ball is not real exciting, better betting, whether or not there's going to be a home run is kind of more exciting, right? So are you guys doing both of those things? Are you setting the odds and coming up with what you think are uh, fun bets for people?
1: Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately we do both, which is, uh, you know, (laughs) each of those alone is a very difficult task. I also want to highlight something that I think in a lot of folks view betting on the next play is actually what micro betting is and it's it's really not it's it's a subset of that category, but I think the most common way that people experience or see it today is the what's the next play you know is it a two or a three or a foul or a turnover. Uh, but to me, that's actually the lazy way of doing it because then what you end up doing is presenting that same bet over and over and over. And again, that that's boring. Nobody wants to bet the next play 50 times during the game. What people would like to bet is if Steph Curry just hit four three-pointers in a row. Well, now he's on a streak of four three-pointers. Will he score the fifth? Because that's top of mind for you when you see him bury the, the, the fourth one, right? So it's trying to extrapolate and figure out what is actually the most engaging thing right now. Because uh, sports betting is is a prime example of choice or more choice, not actually being better, right? Like th- the industry continues to evolve the offering and creating more choice. But I don't think that's adding much value. I think the value now is on this idea of recommendation. How do you elevate things to users <clears throat> with the sole uh KPI of engagement, right? It's the same way that Amazon works. When you go to Amazon, it, it automatically re-ranks billions of products to try and sell you the deodorant or whatever, because they know you bought deodorant uh, two months ago last.
0: When you, when you say recommending something to bet on, how is that different than simply offering it? Because right now it is limited what's offered as far as in-game Betting, and so that has the same thing as being recommended. If I want to make an in-game bet on whatever my sports betting app is, there's going to be a limited number of things I can bet on, right?
1: Well, limited or not depends on the game, depends on the league, right? It's uh, us and everyone else is constrained by the amount of data and the quality of data that we get. But I think if you open, uh, I'm trying not to name a specific sports book, but if you open a mainstream sports book during a football game. There's actually a lot of choice. There are a lot of things that you can bet on. And what happens is in real time, things are being repriced, right? So as the game unfolds, people are repricing the, uh, I don't know, over, under total points for the game or whatnot. The the key is that when something happens on the field, when we feel something emotionally as fans, seeing something happen, right? It's, there, there's a an interception and now the Raiders have scored a touchdown again. And, and so we're feeling something. But typically there is nothing that is reflecting that other than the odds being offered on some static markets. right? But that could be a really exciting market. Maybe they're now within four to, to, to win the game. Well, that should be a bet, right? But that doesn't it doesn't work like that today. What happens is there's a static menu that continues to grow and increase that users have to navigate through and scroll through and see everything before they get to that one thing that they want. And that static menu is completely agnostic to the emotional attachment that we all as fans have to some things that happen on the field. So we sort of do both because you ask the question of do we do the odds? Yes. So we build uh, recommendation algorithms or ranking algorithms for what kinds of markets or bets should be offered right now. And then layer on top of that, a layer of pricing, which is basically just a bunch of machine learning models that extrapolate the probability of outcome on that particular bet.
0: So let's say it's a typical NFL Sunday and we've got 10 games going on. Do I somehow log in and indicate which game it is that I'm watching so that you're not bugging me with recommendations of bets of games I'm not watching?
1: Great question. So we, first of all, we don't deliver that to, to the consumer, right? We work with sportsbook operators. We're a B2B vendor. We sell them our technology. Uh, and then typically what we would do is on a game by game basis. So if there, if there are 10 games, we're giving them 10 different feeds of recommended markets where every 15 to 30 seconds, a new market shows up based on what's happening on the on the field or the court or the ice rink.
0: Yeah. So in other words, you're leaving it up to the sports book, what they want to do with that. I mean, but if in order for what you're providing to the sports book to be, Useful to the sports book, it does seem as if that's how they would want to do it. That they would want to somehow allow the, the, their players to indicate, hey, here's the games I'm interested in.
1: Yeah. Well, or and this is how some of our partners have deployed the tech. You could basically just sit a recommended market on top of everything else, right? So you have your typical categories, uh, player props, et cetera, et cetera. But above all of that, you can actually surface that one key market when the game is live, right? Pre game. We add no value. But during the game, if you're watching that game and you want a seamless sort of effortless betting experience, then that could be an easy one because you could open up that 49ers Raiders game and then trust that every 15 seconds you'll get a new recommended market and you, don't have, you no longer have to scroll through anything. And that market will typically be the most engaging thing that you can bet on right now.
0: Gotcha. So, because you know, I'm I'm a little new to micro betting and in-game betting because you know it's not legal here in California, so we <laughs> we, we 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 don't get all of that. But what you're saying is, typically there'll be a page associated exclusively with the game with a particular game, with all the in-game options sitting on that page. Exactly. What you guys would do is, you're really suggesting to Sportsbook, like, hey, you ought to be up using pop-ups. For for new suggested bets
1: yeah i mean think of uh think of netflix right you go to netflix and you've got all the different categories and everything else but then you also have the the top 10 or something that they're recommending just for you
0: yeah yeah okay well let's leave it there we got to take one one commercial break and when we come back i, I want to hear a little bit inside the secret sauce as far as how you guys come up with these bets we're talking with tomas from Kiro Gaming on Double Down with Presslub. We'll be back right after these messages. A deck that will last for generations. An engine rebuilt to run like new. A car so clean you almost don't want to get it dirty again. Almost. Quality means something. Big job or small, you make sure things get done right. It's not a competition. It's just that you're not willing to settle, not in your work, not in your hobbies, and never with your bourbon. Evan Williams, bourbon done right. Hi, it's Noren the Better, and you're listening to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network. And welcome back, everyone, to Double Down with Breslow. We're talking to Devin Devanishek, the founder and CEO of Bureau. Euro- Talking about micro betting and algorithmic curation, I got that off your website. You I don't think you said that yet. But, uh, so let's talk about all, algorithmic curation. You guys are coming up with these really interesting in-game bettings for sportsbooks to offer to their players. That's what you guys are. So tell me, how is it that you guys come up with them?
1: It's a. It's quite a complicated process, but at the core of it, if you uh, think about us as a uh, data refinery, right? We get raw data is the output of the game that's happening, right? And and typically it's coming in in a structured way where you get, you know, uh, so-and-so scored a three-pointer, there's a rebound. We ingest that data and then refine it to come out with a highly unique, high octane, let's just call it, uh, product. And so what happens is our algorithms ingest it. Well, first we clean it up and structure it and store it in a bunch of databases. And then we tend to look for uh, or or tend to initially look for things like, uh, what are the 1v1 narratives? What are the team versus team narratives? What are typically engaging uh, moments that people like to bet on? Uh, One of our secret sauces actually has been that at the initial genesis stages of the company, we worked with uh, and continue to do so with dozens of professional sports teams where we embed our technology as a free-to-play fan engagement solution. But what that ended up giving us is a lot of behavioral analysis and data, on what people actually want to engage with when they're watching a game live, when they're watching something that, that they're passionate about, right? And so from there, we basically look at hundreds of thousands of permutations of different markets in real time and try and rank them on a, uh, on, a on an engagement coefficient. Let's just call it that, right? Try and see, well, of these 100,000 right now, what would be the most engaging thing, or maybe the most engaging two? And the output is a consistent cadence, 15 to 30 seconds of these recommended micro
0: markets. Give me an example of some that you would consider to be bet types that are more creative than we had otherwise seen before.
1: Yeah. Half the time, it's actually something that incorporates the context of the game, right? So if uh, the Miami Heat are playing the Bucks. Right. And once again, Jimmy Butler is heating up in the third quarter and suddenly the Heat are within two of tying the game. And then they do. And then the Bucks score another five. And then the Heat are within two. You're, you're ingesting that and extrapolating. OK, well, they might tie it again. Right. So half the time, it's actually just being able to tell somebody the Heat have come back three times in this game. Will they come back again in the next minute or something like that, right? Suddenly that's a market that's far more engaging because it's delivered at the right time with the right context in the right moment.
0: So you're oftentimes giving some information along with offering the bet because you, you just said they've come back three times so I and mean, that for sure is new. You don't see that typically.
1: Not, not oftentimes, almost always. And we do it in two ways. Uh, sometimes in the actual construct of the market itself and always in what we call context nodes. So all of our markets that we deliver are binary. And that's for a reason. As, as I was saying earlier, we want entertainment, not a trading experience for, for the end, end consumer. So binary allows you to make a binary choice, right? Binary cho- choices are much easier. Uh, but then what we do, if you can think of it almost like that board above the roulette uh, table that tells you black red black red. We we call them context notes. So we then also try and extrapolate what are the meaningful data points that we need to give somebody so they can make an easier bet, right? So that would mean uh, Miami Heat have come back from a two point uh, uh, down position twenty times in the playoffs or something like that. That would be an example, right? So now you're getting kind of not just the proposition that's exciting, but also some data points that allow you to be a bit more confident in your decision.
0: And are these, you're saying using algorithms to create them, are you using AI to actually offer to put the whole bet together, or is it a human being that's actually putting together the bet?
1: uh it's definitely not ai i mean ai uh we do use ai on some or have started to actually we just filed a provisional patent on, on an application for ai but no it's it's typically uh extrapolating manually like what are the things that are exciting and then being able to teach algos what that looks like and and how to look for it and and how to present it so it, there definitely is a a human component that goes into it. It's not just some algorithm that we allow to run wild uh, and, and get those things. And again, so, so
0: so walk, well, if you don't mind, if you're not giving away too much, walk us through exactly how you guys create an in-game bet that's then yeah. sent out to the, to the, uh, to the books.
1: Well, you start with very passionate people that love sports, right? Uh, and then you take a basketball or a group of basketball fanatics and you say, what are the most exciting moments in the game that you would like to bet on, and they'll give you 300 of them, right? And, and some of them may be unquantifiable, some of them may be quantifiable. And slowly but surely, you build a, a what we call a market corpus, right? So market corpus is all the different markets that we could deliver. And then over time, you start deploying those, looking at engagement values, etc., looking at how do you teach an algorithm to actually spot that or rank it higher, etc., and what you end up with after a lot of work and a lot of iteration is a collection of uh, within an automated system that could spot trends, that could spot engagement value, and deliver that engagement value to somebody. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So, uh, but 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 keep going with it. Then I mean, n- now let's get to the real world where an actual bet is created and and sent to a book. Is it the computer picking out? Oh, absolutely. Kind
1: of- yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's, um, it, it's it's not
0: so so during the game, it's not a human being that's creating the bet.
1: There are zero human beings involved during the game during the actual delivery. It's all it's all algorithmic. But obviously, at the genesis stage, you do have to kind of you know even Tesla's uh, self driving is not although it's like the the, drive, the car drives by itself. There is no engineer sitting there. But there are a lot of engineers that go in and write code that says, this is what a cat looks like. If you see a cat, then you have to slow down. And this is what a grandma looks like. And if you see a grandma on the road, you got to stop, right? So there's a lot of human involvement at the foundational levels, but then in the actual consumption of the technology, there there are no humans involved.
0: Amazing. So both both the bet itself and the odds of the bet, 100% computer driven. You could be out uh, on the beach, And this thing's chugging away, creating in-game bets.
1: Correct. And the odds is something else, right? So so the odds is sort of the same. We kind of talk about it in two layers. The the initial layer is the recommendation layer because you need to figure out what's actually meaningful. And then once you figure that out, you need to go to something else to say, well, what are the odds on this, right? And so for the odds, we do a whole other process, which again, humans are involved in the creation of it. But then you end up with a dedicated machine learning model for that specific market type to which you essentially have to send a bunch of data in real time to say, okay, here's what happened in the game so far. It knows a bunch of historical data. Here's some additional information. And then within a hundred millisecond response time, it, it'll come back and say, I think that uh, the heat are 20% likely to come back in this game.
0: Um, and would you say the other companies out there doing in-game micro betting are also doing it hundred percent, you know, computer generated as opposed to human?
1: everyone, including us, has humans involved in the process, right? So we we tend to analyze in real time, like, you know, is, is something being mispriced or whatever, but it, the, the output is never human. The output is always uh, uh, machine output, although humans are involved in the oversight, let's say, of that output, right? So I think the other companies that are in our space, for sure, it's all algorithmic. It, it's just impossible to do this at scale with humans, right? right. Uh, and that's actually why we got into this game, because day one, when we We launched with our first free to play sports uh, team partner. We were doing everything by hand because we were trying to prove a hypothesis and it worked. It worked well enough, but the bottleneck was quite evident right away. And so that's why we uh, started building algorithms two plus years ago now to to do all of this.
0: Yeah. The only in-game betting that I'm really personally familiar with is seeing... Odds like, you know, during a timeout, you know, a commercial timeout in a football game or a basketball game, you might see an updated line on the game where now it's, you know, bucks minus 14 and a half, maybe a new over under on the uh, updated over under on the game. Is that computer generated typically or is that more likely humans, those types of in-game bets?
1: I can't speak to, you know, obviously everyone has, every book has a a trading team and they're all watching the lines in real time and they're all watching the game and the stats and stuff. And some of them might adjust it uh, manually and some of them might be doing it through some kind of an aggregation. There are a lot of companies in the line setting space or the odds making space, right, that aggregate data. So it depends, it really really does. But certainly more of it is now automated than it was five years ago. And therefore more of it will be automated in, in five years.
0: What what about this Question kind of gets at the heart of why I'm asking about computer versus human. You know, computer's going to be all about trends and teams or players that have been in this situation before or the last thousand times we put together all that data and here's the likelihood the guy's going to wind up with two more three-pointers, right? But if there's an injury in the game, then how does that impact it? You know, let's say it's a bet on the team. The computers don't know that just before the timeout, the guy just twisted his ankle and went to the locker room.
1: Well, that, that's where that raw data output is actually quite important. Uh, some some sports you actually get that data point. You you will get that stat, so the computer will know. Uh, obviously in football players on the field, off the field is a little bit more difficult to track than on a basketball court, for example. So there are some things that you need to uh, be aware of and make sure that you're adjusting for that in terms of how you deliver it or how you quantify your price. Uh, But in other sports, it's actually quite straightforward, right? If uh, LeBron gets injured and he's taken off, you actually have that data point because you get the substitution right away.
0: So who's (laughs) putting together that data? You're saying you get that data point. Obviously you're subscribing to something that's giving you all this data, right?
1: Yeah, there are official right holders. Uh, each league works with different rights holders, uh, they, essentially data providers, where the data provider would buy the official rights and then is the distributor. And so we basically have to go back to, to those guys and buy that data and rev share on the the volume that we generate and all of that stuff. Um, but it's, yeah, the, the, that's a huge business, actually. Sport Radar Genius, for example, those are some named, IMG Arena. There are a lot. Right,
0: and, and this is where you get into the leagues saying that, well, we own this data, right? I know that's been a past controversy is yeah. who owns that that data and the league say that we own it. And that kind of is where things sit right now, right? Those companies have to license getting the data from the NBA, for instance.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and look, ultimately, I think we as a company are actually proving that it is valuable. I think the historical stuff is less valuable because it's sort of present; uh, it's it's in the public domain, it's been there for a while. But that real time knowledge that a particular player just got injured and he's getting subbed off—that's very valuable for companies like ours. And I think uh, you know the, the league should be able to have some kind of a rev share on that. And so there's a middleman in the in, in the middle between us and them. But I think it's it's fair because it's quite useful. Mm-hmm. and having it in real time is the most useful thing to accommodate for the the things that you've talked about right somebody being at the arena seeing it before we know about it
0: how do you feel from a better perspective about these types of micro bets and in-game betting because it, it kind of seems to me trying to predict who's going to win a game before the game started is very difficult uh you know all sports betting is difficult obviously but I kind of feel like as a viewer, that if you're really watching the game closely and really have a feel for the game and you can tell trends and see that, oh, the momentum seems to be shifting here and so on, doesn't that arguably give the guy who's watching closely an advantage in micro betting? Because again, your algorithms can't really pick up momentum.
1: Oh, yeah, they can. Of course they can.
0: (laughs) Well, they're picking them up in the sense that, okay, the team has scored 12 out of the last 13 points. I'm talking about, you know, some type of an emotional thing that you just see that the quarterback just all of a sudden seems to be clicking or what have you
1: well you know to to what degree is that a real indicator right like there's a sometimes there's a confirmation bias and that's probably what the industry is built on is people thinking they know something that they don't really know right like ultimately we all like to think that uh, we are unique and we have some insight, but uh, on the whole, we behave quite predictably. And and sports, to some degree, is a very complex system, of course, and all that. But, you know, there is some level of predictability. And so you don't need to know 100% uh, with 100% certainty that something will happen. But yeah. Well, if,
0: well if, a, if a player just, you know, elbowed Michael Jordan and you can tell Jordan is pissed off and he's just going to kill this guy in the next, you know, 10 minutes. Your well, algorithms don't pick that up, right?
1: They don't, but that's, you know, last dance is probably over-indexing your, uh, your <laughs> price that you're assigning to him getting elbowed, right? There are probably a lot of times when he got elbowed and still didn't go on to score <laughs> 45 points. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's it's ultimately we all behave in a particular way and you don't need to win 100%, right? Like if, if all books won 100% of the time, nobody would bet. So you only need to win enough. You need to create that margin, that return to player, which, you know, should be in the 90%, let's say, uh, for them to have fun, but for you to make money.
0: So how many sports are you guys up and running on?
1: Soccer, NFL, and basketball in the process of doing baseball, uh, hockey, cricket, hopefully F1, golf, tennis, So we we have a lot that we're working on right now. And of your
0: so your current sports are football, soccer, basketball. Of those three, which ones do you think there's seems to be the uh, most action on? It
1: depends on where. Uh, you know, we we work with a lot of international partners. As you know, the, the gaming industry is actually much bigger globally than it is in the U.S. It's one of the few industries where the U.S. market is not the king so far. Uh, so soccer is obviously the, the the number one sport globally, but in the U.S., of course, it's your typical distribution of football being the the big guy, basketball being second, and then everything else sort of uh, behind that.
0: And how many how many competitors would you say Kiro has?
1: I would say one for sure that we are. Uh, uh, we look at and, and, and say, yes, this is kind of the standard. Uh, and then a bunch of others that we don't typically tend to, to look at at all. Right. So, so, so,
0: so there are a bunch of companies providing micro betting. The question is, are they doing it? You know, the quality that you guys are.
1: There are a bunch of companies that uh, just with any, like, you know, you throw a stone out, there's a company talking about generative AI or soon enough, uh, you know, room temperature conductors and things like that. So so anytime there's a hype, there are a lot of people that come into the hype and try and leverage that kind of macro tailwind. Uh, luckily for us, we were here before there was a tailwind. We, we really believed in our vision and have executed on it for two or three years before the industry started to wake up to it. And our competitor was also one of those. I think now everyone else is kind of entering the space. We don't really tend to focus on too, too much because a lot of it is just the industry dynamics that are creating those companies versus a genuine belief in a, a dedicated uh, approach to execution.
0: Awesome. Well, let's leave it there. Leave you time to get to the beach before the sun goes down. Probably hot, hot as heck in Miami today. So it's about- every day, <laughs> and ocean temperature is probably like ninety, right? There you go.
1: There
0: yeah, you go. yeah. That's I- the one good thing. LA ocean temperatures in the summer is the only time we can go in. It's like low seventy. So uh, <laughs> it, 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 that's the only time we've got you guys beat. Uh, beat when it comes to the beaches. Tomasz De- Devanishik, Hero Gaming CEO and founder. Thanks so much for coming on Double Down with Breslow
1: that was perfect that was the uh, last name execution. thank you so much I, re- I,
0: I, I realized that the last time Devinish uh, all right thank everybody uh, for watching and listening double down we'll be back soon with another episode take care everyone I want you to smash that like button <laughs>